Hello and welcome to the Ripper, the Teller, the Gremlin. This is episode 25 and we've got quite a special episode today because it is um, hopefully going up on Christmas Eve. So yeah. uh, on behalf of the podcast, we'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays, depending on what you'd like to celebrate. Mm. Um, so I yeah. Mean, I thought it was quite cool that it's the 25th episode and yeah, like Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Oh yeah, it's, it's worked that? out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> it was all part of the plan. Yeah, no, it seems like it. It's all part of the plan. Okay, so jumping straight into it, we're going to do uh, our usual segment of the recent news. So for today, my news piece um, goes back to a game we've talked about numerous times. I'm um, sure we're going to talk about this every week for yeah, the foreseeable future. Probably. I think, this, I think this game's actually had more mentions on the podcast than, than any other. Halo mentions than Dragon Ball <laughs> mentions. <laughs> probably we passed the milestone so, so if you haven't worked it out that is cyberpunk we have um gone to talk about this to death but we're going to carry on because there is more developments with the game so starting off we have um sony so as we talked about last week the the game is struggling on previous gen uh, hardware even some um piece like lower end pc hardware and um next gen consoles aren't really doing a great job with it but they're they're fine enough um, but Sony has removed Cyberpunk from the PS4 and PS5 uh, after its refund disaster. So this is obviously coming off of uh, the fact that last week we said that Sony wasn't offering any refunds yet, and now they are offering refunds, yeah. and they're completely removing Cyberpunk from the store mm. <laughs> so that I this can't carry it, on. Yeah, it was just so much backlash, so many people demanding a refund that even Sony, who we talk about, are notoriously strict with their refund policy, were like, mm-hmm. uh, were like yeah, we'll refund you and we'll do you one better. We'll take them off the store. Yeah, so you that no one else can even straight, get it and then ask for a refund. Do you not think straight away, though, that is like got to be like a moment in history like for... Like, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, take something off. I don't mean the refunds. I mean, taking <laughs> no, I, know. I mean, release. let's talk about this because No Man's Sky, Fallout mm-hmm. 76, Anthem, and Ghost Recon Breakpoint <laughs> all never were some of the most broken games I've ever played, and Sony didn't even take them down. Like, this has to be like the worst video game launch mm-hmm. like in history. Like, this it's is really this sad. is unprecedented, <laughs> but. But as Chris said, text me the other day saying your spidey senses must have been tingling, Jack. I did say this, didn't I? That I was yep. seriously worried about this release. <laughs> True. <laughs> you pulled it. <laughs> well, well, well we, might, we might have to listen to you more in future, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's about pre-ordering a new console, because I know nothing about that. <laughs> Very true. So on the other side of the coin, um, Microsoft are also kind of waiving their refund policy and just offering refunds for Cyberpunk um, regardless of, of the reason. And however, they're not removing it from the store entirely. They're still giving you the option to buy it. It's still there. But when you realize you hate the game because it's so broken, you will still get your refund. Yeah, I think so, this is the yeah. better way to do it. I don't... So, I do and I don't. I From from a community point of view, yes, because uh, CD Projekt Red are, develop, uh, are benefiting and the, the people that reg- like want to play it regardless of what state it's in will also benefit. But Microsoft are not benefiting here because they're going through all these different cases of refunds um, from people continually buying the game, whereas Sony has kind of cut the head off the snake, being like, right, well, that's it, no more, because now we're not like doing any more refunds after this point. Um, yeah. In terms of everybody who's got the game, 
we'll either refund it or keep it and then we don't have to worry about more people buying it and then wanting a refund and then buying it and then wanting a refund um whereas microsoft has kind of left that open and i can see kind of both views there of which one's better Mm. but yeah i mean i'm sure cd project red's happy at least one of the big two has has allowed them to stay on the stores let them stay (laughs) please because you know it's not that bad this wasn't like a cooperative decision sony were generally furious because they said that they felt they were misled um with the build that was sent to them because obviously they have to approve uh Mm -hmm. games before they before they go live and apparently sony was promised by cd project red that uh the game was in a bad state but the, the day one patch would fix most of it Right. So apparently, and uh, these indie studios have talked about how notoriously stringent um, Microsoft and Sony's testing um, sort of requirements for the for the games are, and mm-hmm. it's almost like Sony gave CD Projekt Red like a, a a free pass because of their reputation because of like The Witcher, and I think this has blown up in their face, and that's why you see such a furious response from Sony. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um... Well, I mean, you can understand it, though, really, because um, as I've talked about before, like a lot of um, the kind of the money that Sony and Microsoft get back from their consoles is from the the actual games themselves. It's not from the consoles. It's from Mm. the games. So you can see why when they're they're basically losing all this money in a a title that they thought was going to be a big hit for their Mm. like release, um, that it's such a like a nuisance to them if anything it's such yeah. a such a pain because it was a launch title essentially even though it came out like a month after still realistically a launch title for the ps5 um and the same with the xbox uh series consoles so you can see why both companies could be annoyed but it's only obviously being the, the more annoyed of the two by the looks of things just completely removing it um but yeah um but after all this has happened we've also had some uh, developer backlash and that is the uh, staff protesting the leadership over the bad launch. Um, and they're also annoyed because of um, the fact that they had to, to crunch development and there was unrealistic targets set. Um, and we obviously, we saw that. We saw that firsthand. Yeah. That clearly, they couldn't the meet the targets. They were constantly pushing the game's uh, release date back. And yeah, and then, like we, we've seen it firsthand how they've constantly tried to push it back. But obviously, you can only do it so many times. We've seen that as well. Um, and yet it still hasn't released as a successful, uh, successful game after no. all these delays, <laughs> which we said, you know, we're happy with delays as long as it means we get a good, uh, good game. And this clearly didn't matter for them. Um, I'm just worried about what state it would have been in. Imagine if it had tried to release back in its first release date. <laughs> I think originally, wasn't it January? And then it got yeah. pushed back to April and then it got pushed back to like to the summer. And then, and then November yeah. and then December. Um, but yeah, so apparently management was not communicating with staff, um, and staff didn't know about the the Sony removal. Yeah, um, that really upset them, broke a lot of their hearts, apparently. Yeah, and I can imagine, like, you know, why these developers are, you know, they're creating something. This is something you put your your passion into. Your this is your livelihood. This is what you turn up for every day, and to not even be told that Sony has removed it off of their store, it's it's heartbreaking like that's yeah. that's your baby you want to be you know kept up to Eight date with what's happening your life exactly and you want to be told what's happening with it you don't want to just be left in the dark like oh don't worry about it just keep working on patches it's like <laughs> it's, it is like if this is all true then 
it's really sad to see the kind of uh, system they're running at CD Projekt Red, which obviously we all thought was like a really nice company. Um, yeah. But yeah, to see this kind of like coming forward, the the fact that there is potential reasons behind everything, um, like of why Cyberpunk's suffering, because I mean, obviously they're not communicating something like that. We don't know what else they're doing, you know, behind like, obviously we've, we've just said that, that they might be uh, crunching and unrealistic targets. But again, we don't have any idea of what it extends to beyond that. And it is quite a worrying thing, really, that it might not, you know, a lot of people attack these developers, but it might just be the leadership that is completely like useless for them. And, and they can't, you know, do anything with the leadership they, they currently have. But yeah. Yeah. And so as a result of this, the, the stocks in CD Projekt Red have again fallen, which had already fallen before. And now mm. um, after the Sony announcement, they've fallen again, um, apparently by 43%. Yeah, in total now. Which is a lot. Astonishing. It, it, that's worrying. Yeah, I CD mean, Project. we talked about how successful this game was in terms of its pre-orders and initial sales. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird. It's gone from like the most successful launch of all time to two weeks later now it's could be looked at to be now a financial disaster because yeah. then they're missing these christmas sales now and the refunds it's going to hit them really hard mm-hmm. like it's crazy as well because i still really want to play the game <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's not a bad game that's what i mean it still doesn't seem like a bad game it just seems like a broken game it's broken which, yeah yeah which like I don't so know. If anything, that's more annoying because I feel the same as you, Bradley. I really still want to play it, but I, I, I can't tell myself to buy it and play it if it's broken. Probably give it a year, yeah, and then see what it's like. Right. Pro- yeah. I, I suppose if they do continue to to kind of support the game, um, like they did with The Witcher, then we're in for like a treat. Yeah, like you said, like a year down the line. But for now, it doesn't really um, show what the game could be. Um, they've also had a game-breaking loot um, or crating bug you've put there. So, yeah, crafting is meant to be. Oh, right. So if your uh, crafting files end up being over 8 megabytes, then your save file can become corrupted and you lose all of your content. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you've just pumped 100 hours in, you've made too many rifles, and uh, buy safe. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Like oh my god, that's I would awful. I would be like next level fuming. Like I, that would be for me. That would be like a maybe consider not playing it. It's it's play. also it's not just crafting. It's because the the loot pickup system and the crafting system share a memory file. So even oh, if you just god. pick too much stuff up and store too much stuff, it potentially can corrupt your save file as well. That is awful. Like, like you said, imagine actually having like a hundred hours in, and still, still not being, you know, complete with the game. Still thinking, oh, so many, so much more I can't wait to do, and then just being, you know, kicked completely off yeah. back at square one. That, that is like legit. That's my, that is my theory. Like, I generally don't know if I could play. Oh, I don't think I would, to be honest, either. Like, yeah, I mean, there are auto saves which people have said, but that's still like. The case of you could lose like three hours of progress uh, from your oh, last okay. auto save or something. So there is a chance that they won't be kicked completely and, off. But, of, but there like... is a chance that those auto saves can also get corrupted. <laughs> so it's a bit of a, 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 oh, it's low, a coin you know, flip it's a, of whether you get to carry on or not. Russian roulette of it, is your game gonna blow up? 
But yeah, I think I would like, I'd carry on if I lost like, you know, three hours. But, but if that would, kept yeah, happening, yeah. how annoyed Oh, would yeah, become, no, if you know? it kept happening, I'd probably, I w- I'd just wait the year, you know, just wait like, you know, a year or two and be like, is it good now? Can I play? <laughs> Do you know what the, the funniest thing about this was, though? Because bearing in mind, this is cyberpunk is I would consider it a light RPG. In that okay. it's an open, it's an open world action adventure with um, RPG elements. But I would say it's kind of like the um, uh, I can never say it properly. The Desex, Desex, Deus Ex series, but we, but more in depth. In yes. terms of how it's sort of the RPG yeah. stuff is, um, but the thing with it is like picking up new weapons, new clothing, new armor, and crafting are both two huge components to uh, to the RPG systems within the yeah. game. Yeah. So this bug, like the the devs have said, until we can get a fix, and we don't even know if we can fix this, they've said try to just not engage too much, don't pick too much up, and don't craft. Wow, fun. And it's, and it's like, these are huge parts imagine, of your game. Imagine seeing, like, an amazing piece of loot. Yeah, in the back of your head, you just hear CD Projekt Red, like, don't do it. You, you know it could delete everything. <laughs> Is it worth the risk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just doing it and losing everything. Just like, I hate you. I hate you, CD Projekt Red. It's like picking up the dildo weapon and being, like, a punishment. They're just like, I see you. <laughs> delete. <laughs> You animal. Um, okay, so for, for the last piece of kind of CD Projekt Red cyberpunk news, um, they CD Projekt Red as a company might be sued uh, by its investors uh, as they feel misled over the development and state of the game, which again, you can kind of see how this yeah. has happened, you know, especially when you've said about uh, Sony and Microsoft's uh, builds not really reflecting what the full game will be like. Clearly the investors feel the same way. Yeah. Um, and the, the CD Projekt Red founders lost a billion dollars over the failed launch of Cyberpunk. And this is from prices. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've just talked about that they're still falling. And by 43%, they're losing a lot more, like, day by day if this continues to drop. Um, these founders and investors are looking to sue, obviously. Um, and they, like we said, they look like they've actually got quite a, a good point here in terms yeah. of... Uh, what their actual case would be presented as um yeah what do you guys think i i think i've sort of looked quite heavy into this case and um there's so much evidence that they've already compiled because one of the founders is actually a lawyer um from warsaw Mm -hmm. um obviously supporting his local gaming company and uh because you know it's it's a public company a lot of polish people have become founders and investors and put money into it after the witch's success you know mm-hmm. it was a very good thing in poland to sort of pump your change into um and they sort of said that if you go back to i think it was e3 one of the head devs said um for the initial release date well i think for the second release date of april he said the game is fully complete and fully playable we're just working on a few issues that's crazy um, so they're kind of saying he's completely lied and all the builds we saw of the game were, you know, it were not representative of the full game because they never showed us what they were going to run or look like on the old gen. They said it was, uh, you know, they just, they were very selective of what they said. 
Um, and then also you could argue they straight up lied that the game was ready when he said, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, it's ready in April. We've just got to do the finishing touches. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not ready now. So God knows what it was like in April. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I don't know about you, Jack. You got any, anything else to add? No, I, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, I don't want it to be a case of that because obviously I was I wanted to love this game and obviously the fact that it has, done, it has ended up in this state, um, it's just sad. I, I kind of, I was thinking more, not even from a selfish point of view, like I was thinking the other day about, like you said earlier, that, about the, the teams and everything that have put all of these years of development and everything into this. And it's like their pride and joy, like their baby, they've worked all this time on it and to see this and then possibly have a lawsuit as well it's just, it's just so sad for them. Mm. And I just, and you know, like you say, I think they do have a, a strong case because we've all seen gameplay trailers and trailers for however many I've years. Played it. <laughs> I've played it. Yeah. But I mean like, and it, the game looked flawless and everyone was so, so excited about it. And it's like, if the game has come out in this bad of a state, everyone has been misled because you know, it's not running efficiently. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, uh, and, and, and they've actually already said, uh, the devs have said that uh, it's probably never going to look better or run particularly better on the old-gen consoles. But that's they, fair enough. Yeah, I mean... Like, it, it, yeah. You can only push that hardware so far. You can, but it probably shouldn't have released on No, it shouldn't consoles. have. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. I think it's fair enough for them to, to arise, say that, though, um, because there's, uh, you know, they'd have to really make a whole new version of the game where it runs uh like yeah a, a huge lower, technical you know, downgrade exactly just so it can run and that, that's too much of an investment for them yeah. so i think i mean it's a shame because i wouldn't have been against that personally i'd have been like look i'm playing the budget version but like one day when i upgrade to next gen it will be a new fun experience you know yeah exactly and i think i think that's kind of like what it's about and i don't think that it's worth them doing that i don't think it really benefits anyone um apart from people that are just against upgrading to next gen or like you know getting pc whatever like i I think they're the only people that kind of lose out on that um but if you're staying on that generation of console anyway you're going to have to accept that games will either stop releasing on your console or they will be released in really bad quality Um, (laughs) because that's that's the way it is people aren't going to sit there and be like oh should we develop it with xbox one in mind no they're going to be like we should develop it with ps5 i suppose it's like when you buy a pc game and it's like the uh the lowest recommended specs where it's like hey your pc can run this but your experience won't be particularly great yeah exactly but yeah so that is all for my big lot of cd project red news i believe and uh, prepare for more news from them next week, probably. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is going to be a reoccurring topic, definitely. Mm-hmm. Poor CD. <laughs> I mean, it's only been two weeks since the game came out. How mad is that? Yeah. And, it, and the fact that there's this much to talk about on it is just... It's, Astonishing. Oh, mm-hmm. just, I'm just so, so shocked. And um, so who's next it's me so um i'm going to jump straight into this with some uh some really, really interesting news about um two things we've actually spoken about on the podcast before but not directly in the same context um first one of those is the james bond franchise um if you go back a couple of episodes we had a discussion about how there was uh, there was talks of companies approaching um 
because of the Bond film that didn't release due to COVID. Uh, people asking for the rights to stream it on different yeah. services. Yeah, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all the, all the big contenders coming up trying to throw their money at them. Exactly, but nothing really <laughs> ever came of it. Um, however, MGM, the studio who obviously uh, is behind the James Bond films, is looking to sell off the entire film division um, and the rights to Bond entirely. So first and foremost, that's just um, incredible that they're actually yeah. doing that. Um, I, I, I think it shows you where the industry is. Yeah, that unless definitely. you're one of the juggernauts, you yeah. and you're not, and you've spent all this money on these movies, and you're not getting anything back, you yeah. are in dire straits. And yeah. it's better to just, just, just cop out, yeah. just cut your losses and ditch the kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which is astonishing because who would have ever thought years ago that the because they don't just own Bond, they have no, so many market. licenses. Yeah. Um, but this, this is, yeah, I, I, it, it blew my mind when I saw this. I was like, I get it because of what the, the, yeah. you know, has happened in the world. But, but it, it does show you though, just how bad the industry is getting. Um, yeah. The truth of it. Um, so, so yeah, basically <laughs> kind of what we were talking about before, who do we think, you know, is going to be in there in the contenders for trying to take this? Um, you know, it's got to be one of these big ones we spoke about before. So obviously Disney, Netflix, HBO, um, Amazon, Amazon. I reckon. Um, who, who would you guys like to to see get? So uh, all the 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 main IPs that they own is Bond, Stargate, Handmaid's Tale, RoboCop, and the Rocky franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally, I use Netflix the most, but I can't yeah. I can't picture Netflix having them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I picture scrolling through Netflix, I don't picture seeing the Bond films and stuff. So no. I, I think Amazon Prime would be a good fit, um, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I, 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 mean, I don't know. I, I, wherever it goes, wherever they go, yeah, I'll be. So I don't think it really matters to me I too mean, much. I wouldn't be surprised to see this go to HBO because I know they're very interested in that, and this would be a big win for them. Like, there's a lot of good properties here that they need a win after all the Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah, and these, and also on touching on Disney, I can't see Disney with Bond. I just, I just can't. <laughs> he can date a princess. Yeah, they, they could do like some crossovers. Yeah, <laughs> Bond <laughs> meets Goofy. Uh, meets James Bond. <laughs> sweet oh, life, the sweet life of Zach and Cody meets James Bond. But just, <laughs> just think of all the Disney Plus Bond series they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so um, I don't know who it will go to or what will happen with it, but obviously we'll wait to hear on that. But um, so MGM has estimated the market value um, of the uh, of the rights and obviously the Bond franchise to be around five point five billion. Um, yeah, so this is everything. Wow. This is their 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 into this is obviously their film division worth and their film licenses worth, and it's yeah. five point five billion. It's huge. Insane. So if so, just to clarify as well, whoever does end up with this, because someone's going to nab it, and whoever does um, also has then the rights to place all other twenty-five Bond films on their streaming platforms. And I mean that is huge. Because, yeah, that's power. Well, that is that, power. Because that's such a whack. Well, there's so many people out there who love the original James Bond films and all of you know love. Yeah. Would love to probably sit a marathon them. And, so. and this is something that Disney Plus has done really well, where if you go on like Star Wars, they have them all in order or you go on Marvel, they have them all in order. And then even like you go on Marvel, they have a section called Mar- Marvel Legacy that has yeah. all the old X-Men and Fantastic Four movies. And like 
everything else they own that they're just like hey this isn't part of the marvel continuity but you can watch these as well and that's something disney's done really well that i'd like to see the other platforms do to like the yeah, stuff I they have like rights for yeah i do like the way disney lays out all of their um, the, the sort of categories i think it works really well and really nicely so it's very accessible so um yeah, I mean, we'll we'll watch this space and see who ends up with it. But um, whoever does, it's a massive win. Um, it's a massive oh, yeah. take. I mean, it's a lot of money in the, in the, in the times yeah. at the minute. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think this will either I could I could see this on Amazon or HBO. Um, though you know, maybe maybe Netflix will surprise us. Um, mm. But the pe- people with the most money, with the most bargaining power, um, would probably be Disney. Um, yeah. And if Disney got all of these licenses as well, my God, um, it, it, Disney just, their monopoly just grows, right? Yeah, of course. And so. you'd have James Bond's uh, wannabes walking around Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. Which that's... would kind of be hilarious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. And obviously uh, we'll probably touch on this again when, uh, when there's more information out there. Um, but moving on to uh, my other bit of news for the day, which is also based around you know Disney um, while we're talking about it. And that is to do with The Mandalorian. So I don't know, Bradley, have you seen The Mandalorian yet? You haven't, have you? No. Right. <laughs> have you seen any of the seasons? No, no, there's a guy at work who keeps trying to spoil it for me. And he keeps oh, going, what an idiot. He keeps going, no spoilers. And then he like, he'll like show me his phone. And I'm like, oh, thanks. If he spoils it for you, like, I've punch seen, him in the face. I've seen um, just uh, Ahsoka. Take him down. Oh, uh, yeah. That's not, okay, that's not huge. No, no. Yeah, no. Like I've made sure that I won't. But he's like, look, it's not a spoiler. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't really want to has, see that. Has he I? shown like, that you... Nice I, won't, to watch I, won't, in the time. I won't say what the spoiler is, but has he shown you the last episode spoiler? No, literally. Like, I've, I've avoided everything. Like, okay. Uh, like, but that's like, what I mean. He just like comes and sits in my room and we'll start watching it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, we won't. We will try our best not to spoil I've anything. avoided it because I don't you? use social media. I literally yeah. avoided everything. Like, you, I have no idea what the show's about. Chris, would you agree that if you if someone spoiled the last episode for you before you saw it, it would quite honestly ruin the series? I think season two is so such as like there were so many what I'd call special yeah. guest episodes in yeah, season yeah. two from characters that were either from even from the first like two episodes yeah. um there was a guy who came back i won't tell you who but from legends from the old star wars continuity yeah. um and there's loads of those characters from the clone wars who pop up there's characters from the original trilogy that plays and they're all like just pop up in these little guest episodes and they're really fun and i would be really annoyed because i watched all of them the only one that i knew about was ahsoka but that was yeah. just because of the hype around it yeah around yeah. it um so when i watched it, it it all it was most of it was a genuine really fun um surprise yeah. like it, i you know boba fett's in it don't you bradley no thanks oh. chris so, sorry <laughs> i thought you would have seen because of the news he piece he doesn't, he doesn't no i i kind of worked it out because you two were texting about it so i was like yeah, yeah. Uh, um, i was like he must I, be in it then but so, but for for me that was one that i had spoiled as well but I still, <laughs> you're like so you're welcome <laughs> but, but but i still when i got to that that those two or three episodes he was in i was still like yes this is so cool <laughs> yeah. um but so anyway on to the the actual news piece around the mandalorian so um this is quote the mandalorian needs to be made into a video game uh, and that quote has come from the god of war director Corey. Ba- is his name Balrog? Yeah. 
Balrog. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so cool, isn't it? He's so, a really he's a really cool guy as well. He comes across really well. So Corey um had basically talked about the potential of making a high budget um retelling story of the uh, featuring the Mandalorian and thinks that obviously it would be an all-round hit. And I am so inclined to agree. I think I, I think the world that the Mandalorian has created um w- with just his character and the way he is, I think creates a game in itself. Like I had yeah. Yeah, this new story. The, um, it's the, it, 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 the Mandalorian does the world building of Star Wars that the sequel trilogy should have done. Yeah. It uh, establishes where the galaxy <laughs> is so well, but doesn't beat you over the head with it. It just mm-hmm. through the progression of the story, you just yeah. see the state of the galaxy exactly. and it kind of makes sense. It feels natural. Yeah. So basically, he made a sort a sort of short pitch about the game in his his eyes, um, and he said that if somebody isn't working on a great single player Mandalorian game where you play as a bounty hunter, flying your ship from system to system, picking up bounties, upgrading your best car armor, and getting into adventures, then I really don't know what the hell we are doing here. So <laughs> that was his tweet, and I, I, yeah, I mean. I think it's just got so much potential. I remember watching um, just after I started the second season of Mandalorian, I remember saying to Zach, actually, I'm surprised this isn't a game. In it, it, do you know what? It, actually, at points, it feels like a video game. And yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. No. Like, it's almost like a video game adaptation done right at times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can see, can't you, when watching it, you can see the potential of how you could adapt yeah, that into yeah, it. Would, oh, like, it'd be so good. Yeah. So... Great single player, uh, a strong focus on character development with relatable human triumphs, losses, and seemingly impossible decisions to wrestle with. I mean, like the yeah, series, yeah. So if, yeah, so the series, there's without any spoilers for Bradley, but there's there's moments where it's like, oh, you know, it's very huge, really it's very struggling, yeah, and um, you know, it uh, the, also the idea of not not it, not just being a shooter um, you know not just moving along just killing everything that gets in your way very or very also, much like um his god of war reboot yeah. where it was it was as much as there were great action segment segments it was still about kratos's journey coming journey. to terms with his son and the loss of his wife and there's great character moments in that in that game and and i i think by the sounds of what he said and everything, he would be a great person to do this game as well. Like I feel like, he, Oh yeah. Him and his well. studio. And, and so I don't know. I, I am excited about this bit of news solely because I've been saying it since the sec- start of the second season and probably even the end of the first one. Why is this not already in development? So to see that the people are actually talking about it and thinking the same thing makes me so excited because I kind of have fallen in love with the Mandalorian's character. Like I literally, I think he is. Uh, yeah. I, I might Pedro Pascal's amazing in this role. It's incredible. And isn't it weird how, despite the fact that you, no spoilers, but despite the fact that he obviously's not supposed to take the helmet off at all, um, your, his presence as an actor is so convincing, even through uh, the helmet. I, I prefer when the helmet's on. Yeah, like I, when it's off it's weird and i'm like oh. <laughs> and it's like you, do you know what i mean like it's he's got this presence where you can feel the way he moves and yeah. and, and the thing is i think he's so much more intimidating when mm-hmm. when he's fully suited up yeah it's 100%. this like mystique isn't it this sort of yeah. like and, and this is the thing is that i i I honestly, I might get a lot of hate for this, but I think his character is just so much cooler than, and I know this probably get a mixed opinion, but it, for me, he is so much cooler than Django Fett or Boba Fett. 
I just I don't know why. I, I think they're so different. I think it's they're they um, they're not comparable. I don't think. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Everything's but, comparable, Chris. You just no, don't like to pick. Because <laughs> because I, I think but they but the thing is they're both badass and they're both no nonsense bounty hunters. But mm-hmm. there's like a softness and a and a kindness deep down in the Mandalorian. Hmm. Whereas Boba Fett's just this ruthless, yeah. <laughs> um, you Bad, know, yeah. bounty yeah. hunter. Um, and uh, but but there, there's so much similarities between them. But also, I like that there's distinct sort of difference between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so that's pretty much it for me for the um, the news. But there is one other thing just to say about Mr. Corey Balrog um, while we're on the subject, and that is that he has also called for a God of War Netflix series, which he said he's <laughs> so on, which. Oh, I just I love this guy. He's got a great name. Yeah, honestly, he's really cool looking as well. Um, I, I, I'm just so down for this. And and imagine a well-made God of War Netflix series. I mean, that just could be incredible. Yeah, uh, high budget. Corey's yeah. helping him with the law. Yeah, get to get to hear boy over and over again. <laughs> I didn't even do that justice because I just can't sound like I mean that, but... the thing that's cool is you can even bring in the actor who who yeah. voices Kratos. Mm-hmm. Um I mean you'd have to I, I mean you'd have to I mean obviously he's a he's a he's a he's a you know black gentleman. Um but you just do the ashes, right? Because Kratos is covered in the ashes of uh yeah. his family and sla- and slain Spartans. Yeah of course. um so, I mean, I, I don't want to say whitewashing the character because it's not yeah, his yeah. skin colour. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'd, I mean, I'd love to see, I forget his name, I think it's Christopher, um, he's, he's from Stargate, he's so good, I love it. Uh, Christopher, I can't, I can't, it's not coming <laughs> to me, but he's a great actor and he is actually huge in real life as well. Like he is like, he did the mocap, like he's a giant man. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get that and hopefully we'll get a Mandalorian game. I would be buzzing for both of them. So, um, and I just hope if they do do a game, please don't trash it because if you destroy my love for the Mandalorian, I will hunt you down personally. So, so who would you like to see, um, hypothetically, obviously they're making God of War Ragnarok. Who, who else would you like to see give this game a go? If you could choose a studio. Ooh. That's a really hard question. Uh, <laughs> I'm now just comparing any studio I can think of to the God of War game. I feel like Bradley's like gonna gonna go with his um dark stuff. <laughs> dark stuff <laughs> no, studio. no, I, no. I, I always want them to do new things because they just make these really new like cool. Ones. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Respawn could do a really good job. This is what I was gonna say. Yeah, just they've done such a good job of like with Fallen Order. So just give them that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, we'll wait and we'll maybe. see. Maybe, but that's me done for the news today, and moving over to Chris's news. Yeah, so um, bizarrely, you know, we had so much Disney news last week. We did an entire uh, news episode, but apparently, as the fates would be, uh, I have all Disney news to talk about again today. Somehow, <laughs> I don't know how they keep doing this, but maybe they're just trying to test me. It's like <laughs> trying Are to you break paying me. attention. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we I'll start with the additional Star Wars news we've got. So one's confirmed and one's a rumour. I'll start with the confirmed stuff. So we have another Star Wars show for Disney Plus announced. Uh, can we just talk about the blue space cow milk? 
that is going on with this <laughs> license. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I'm all for it. But as Bradley pointed out, there's a lot of milking of content out of Star Wars, it seems. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the series is actually a book of Boba Fett series. Um, and we don't know much about what it's going to be about. There is a rumour that it is going to basically follow him from the point he falls in the Sarlacc pit um, up to and after the events of Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. So it will almost be like just jumping in at points of his life um, across that, like I think it's like six years or something, mm-hmm. um, and sort of explaining how he ends up in the Mandalorian and all of that sort of journey and then... I guess maybe him um, becoming like a crime lord. Um, But yeah, I mean, after, I know Jack's not too bothered about this, but after seeing him in The Mandalorian and seeing how badass he is and then making a character that was, was meant to be the most fearsome bounty hunter in the galaxy in the original trilogy, who they they call him that. And then he gets like the most, he becomes the most memed character ever. Yeah. (laughs) Because Han Solo, like, like yeah, clumsily I, bumps yeah. into him and knocks him into a pit. Into the pit. Yeah, I know. It's so embarrassing, really. Yeah, it's it's and it's so unceremonious for, for like the most fearsome bounty hunter in the galaxy. It's like, so, do you know what it is? The equivalent. It's the gaming equivalent of you know with those sometimes there's those like bosses in games that are jokes where they like like um do you remember in Batman Origins when um you go to fight that Electro Fist guy? Yeah. <laughs> one kick him. You just kick him in the face. And he's, <laughs> that's exactly what happens with his like notorious deadliest hunter in the galaxy and that's yeah. he just gets knocked into a pit but i mean even if you didn't really like him that much jack you have to admit the mandalorian made him a killing machine oh yeah that yeah it was awesome like yeah. his 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 fight scenes i was just like oh god like yeah this guy is the most it is the most fearsome bounty hunter in the galaxy like he's crazy um and it's such a fun thing. And, and you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are still working on this. Um, and they've sort of talked about how all the spin-off series is and The Mandalorian, uh, and we talked about this before, will culminate in a big crossover event like the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So The Mandalorian's almost got its own little television universe that's going to have crossovers and then will end in this gigantic story um which is very exciting and very cool because i like the idea that because the mandalorian's great because we got to see all these characters but the problem with it the mandalorian is these characters only get a certain amount of screen time because the focus is on the mandalorian right so it's really cool that we're going to get these individual series focusing on just these characters and and just after the mandalorian i'm just so excited for what they do with this I think this has the potential to to be the Mandalorian, but without the heart and more just, he's just ruthless, like going through dudes, you know? (laughs) Though it it does feel like um, Boba will probably be an ally to the Mandalorian at some point, just because they've sort of formed a bit of a a, a bond, I would say. Yeah, in the loosest term, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he wouldn't have, he, he didn't necessarily need to help him as much as he did, you know. No, no. I, I think uh, he's, I, I like the way that he's still this ruthless bounty hunter, but they've sort of played around more with he is ruthless and, and you know, fearsome, but he does have his own code of honor. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird sort of like, uh, you know, 
diluted character of you kind of never know what he's going to do. I, I don't get me wrong. I think it. I think it can be awesome, especially in the vein of the program of the Mandalorian. I, I'm not saying that at all. And he he was fantastic in the Mandalorian. But I just I'm so biased because oh lad, I just want more Mandalorian. Just give yeah. me more. <laughs> I mean, you're getting that too. You get you're yeah, getting both. That's, so that's what I need. Do I need to keep me happy? Um, so, and and I have to say, it was great. I, I'm going to butcher his name, but Bradley might be able to help. Um, <laughs> the actor, he's a New Zealand actor. Um, uh, Tramaru, um, I can't say it. I'm not very good at his <laughs> names, but he's you know he plays Django Fett in the prequels, and it was so nice to see him return um, in the role. And uh, I think he absolutely killed it, but absolutely yeah. killed. Did such a good job. And he said about how he's so excited to take this character in new in a new direction and like bring his A game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but we'll move away from the confirmed news into something that is a rumour. Um, and there's a new rumour saying that we could be getting a Luke Skywalker series for Disney+. Plus. What, mm-hmm. what, what do you guys think of that? Milk. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I, I know, Chris, I'm sure you... I, I mean, actually, I don't know your opinion, but I, I... Do you know what? I'm kind of done with Luke Skywalker now. Like, okay, like he's wronged you. No, I know, no, 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 done with Luke. Not at all. And I think it could be awesome and amazing. But I just, I'm going to be honest, unpopular opinion. Luke's character has never really done anything for me. Um, oh, really? Yeah, never been a massive fan. So, like, and and I think because of that, the idea. Okay, of- I can see that though. He is quite bland a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. I quite like Luke. No, yeah. but he's quite one-dimensional, like yeah. especially especially in the original trilogy. Yeah, I think the idea with this is to give Flesh him, him out a bit more, give, give him, him a bit more, more character, and and it yeah. looks like without any spoilers, they're going for this sort of l- less traditional Jedi. More, he's kind of more light, but he's not. He then the the Jedi he's trying to rebuild, I think, are more like. Uh, the r- rules are a lot more relaxed and they're not they sort of are more great they're not gray jedi but they're more gray jedi if that makes sense right like these aren't the prequel jedi who are strict and stringent and they're like no relationships no this no that these are jedi who are more reformed and more sort of like you're human but you need to resist this but you can't deny your human you know because the 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 prequel Jedi's were all like, oh, deny your emotions. <laughs> and it's like kind of this weird thing that I think blew up in their faces with a lot of the apprentices and, and stuff. And, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but I, I think this is, is definitely milking the license again. But I do love Luke Skywalker's character, and especially if they try to bring more nuance to him. Um, I think it'd be amazing. Um, I know... Uh, they could kill it with the lightsaber fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that has me very excited. Um, and they say this is just a rumor at the minute. So it takes with a grain of salt. Um, and the last thing I sort of want to quickly talk on is, you know, um, they've sort of talked about either Mark Hamill's interested in doing it with um, de-aging is the rumor, but some people want them to recast. And one of the suggestions was Sebastian Stan, mm-hmm. who plays the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, I really like Sebastian Stan. Uh, he's 
worn a wig before the 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 wig of Mark Hamill's hair in the original trilogy, and he actually scarily looks a lot like a young Mark Hamill. Yeah, I can, uh, I can see that. He, he's even done. Um, he did a, a script reading where he did the original dialogue, and he changed his voice quite a lot. And he he actually sounds very similar to to Luke. Um, so I don't think he would be a bad choice, but I don't know where do you guys fall? Do you think you bring back Mark Hamill and you do the de-aging or do you think you bring in a new actor? Uh, no, I don't want to see Mark Hamill de-aging. I like Mark Hamill, but yeah. I, yeah I love, don't be wrong, I love Mark Hamill, but I, I would just rather see someone fresh do it. And I, and I think Sebastian Stan would be an amazing casting. I generally mm-hmm. see it a lot. Yeah, that's the, the internet's very married to the <laughs> idea of... Uh, Stan playing a young Luke, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm I'm very into that idea as well because I think he's a very underrated actor. Yeah. Um, and can you imagine what that would do for him as a career? Like, if he, I mean, obviously, there's definitely gonna be people out there like, no, he's not Luke, he's not Mark Hamill, but but if he did a great job, can you imagine? Yeah. Also, what people think of him? And I, and I think the thing that the reason Hans the Han Solo recast didn't work was because Adrian, I can't even remember the guy's name, but the guy they cast as um, young Han Solo had, you don't want someone who's just a knockoff like Harrison Ford, yeah. but you wanted someone with like similarities with like someone you could buy as a young Harrison Ford, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy they cast was just, just wasn't was completely wrong was a complete and utter disaster of car i don't even know how that even happened um frankly uh so i think the thing is you don't want someone just doing an impersonation but you want someone who feels like they could be a younger version of this character nods to the character without literally directly ripping the character and being a young version in like robot and I think, and I think Stan could do that really well. It's not going to be a repeat of Han Solo where you're like, this guy is not Han Solo. No. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with that. Did you watch the Solo movie? I, I quite liked him. Oh, did you? I, I yeah. Haven't. He wasn't Harrison Ford though, was he? Yeah, but I've never been a massive fan of Harrison Ford. Harrison oh. Ford's a character like in the original trilogy. Like, I find all the characters a bit there in the original trilogy. You mean as an actor, just as Han Solo? Oh, just as Han Solo. No, I love his hand solo. No, I've, I don't know. I feel Especially like he's in underrated. that first one. However, I am absolutely still fuming that he's coming back as Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really like the uh, hand solo film. I thought he was good in the role, but like, I thought he just brought something different. You know? Yeah, I just didn't find him. I just the whole time the whole movie was going on. I just was like, you're not hand solo. Yeah, I just it was so. I think I just treated it as he, like a separate entity and like just enjoyed the film. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I'm not like someone who, who reads into it a lot and is like, you're not the right character for this. Um, purely for the fact that I wasn't a massive fan of the original Han Solo. So to me, it could be Han Solo, Han Solo like just, yeah. you know, just a different take on him. Um, but yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, that's all we had on the Disney Plus series. So uh, Book of Boba Fett confirmed and rumoured Luke Skywalker series. Um, the last bit of Disney news I've got is some um, Disney Plus sort of clarification. Uh, and we sort of touched on this briefly. Uh, Disney have sort of talked about how they have a load of R-rated content that they own in their back catalogue and that they want to make. You know, they, mm-hmm. own, they own the Alien license, they own the Predator license. They have all these adult material now. 
So they've said that they're going to do a section on Disney Plus called Star. And Star is basically, in some countries, it will be a separate app. Um, But in, I believe, the UK and America, it's going to be uh, another tab on Disney Plus. So (laughs) for those who don't know, on Disney Plus, you have tabs at the top. I believe it's Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and Nat Geo, Nat, Nat, uh, Geographic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will just probably be on the end, and it'll be like Star, and they've said that it might be password locked. I think that's the safest option. I was already thinking that. <laughs> just because, uh, obviously, little kids watch Disney+. Plus, like It's a huge part of their market, and you don't want your kid accidentally wandering onto Star and watching like The Punisher yeah. or something that they would probably whack on there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or Logan, which they'd probably put on there as well. Yeah, <laughs> and the first five minutes of Logan, like outside the car, outside the limo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, the definitely. Alien movies, or Predator, yeah. like... Yeah, definitely. I think it's a very smart move. Um, oh, and I personally find it very exciting because when Disney acquired a lot of these licenses... People were like, hey, Disney's thing is family friendly. They don't make R-rated stuff. They never have. Um, And sort of almost kind of what we talked about Pokemon, it would be like brand uh, dilution. Mm -hmm. So I think coming up with this separate star identity is a really good idea and allows them to really branch out and bring us, um, you know, they won't babyify the Alien series or the Predator series that people were scared of. Now yeah. we can enjoy R-rated content from Disney. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah, um, And a couple of the things that we know that's coming for this is they are working on an Alien series mm-hmm. um, inspired heavily by the first two movies. Right. Um, and he said he wants to make it, this, the, the, the creative director said he wants to make this the scariest TV show ever made. <laughs> um. So good thing it's password locked and your kids can't watch it. <laughs> Ridley Scott is in talks to help produce and potentially direct a few episodes, which is cool. I like the idea of him coming back in and being given a bit of creative control. Mm-hmm. Um, they've said that they're going to make a Shogun series um, mm-hmm. and they've nabbed a Game of Thrones director, uh, which is really cool. Like You've got a bit of a historical R-rated Shogun, Japanese, uh, his, historic period drama thing going on, mm-hmm. which yeah. is awesome. I'd definitely watch that. Yeah. Um, they've said that American Horror Story will be revived on uh, the platform as well. I didn't know they had that. So, yeah. yeah I either, and I was just thinking. Well, it's it's uh, Fox. They've, everything that was owned oh, yeah. by Fox, they own. I think, um, I don't know if that, I don't know if they've got Walking Dead, though, because uh, I think that is maybe escaped their clutches. <laughs> um, but Keeping Up With The Kardashians will apparently be on it, too. What's that about? Sorry, and what is that about? It's Not, the... I was saying, what's the show about? I'm saying, like, as oh, in... I was going to say, I was like, please don't make us Hello. explain it. Like, I just don't really... <laughs> I feel like there's something really evil and, and terrifying about... Like Disney, I mean, keeping up with the Kardashians, like that's just something. <laughs> yeah, um, and there were many other adult series announced as well. Um, it also opens up the possibility of adult-rated Star Wars and Marvel. 
mm-hmm. which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they could potentially revive Daredevil or Punisher or, or create their own R-rated Star Wars or Marvel material. Um, I'm all for doing a more adult version of those properties. I think they're cool. I mean, Logan just and Deadpool just go to show you what you can do with uh, R-rated superhero content, right? Yeah. Um, and also it means that all of Disney's back catalogue, which is huge at this point, will be added to Star. So, you know, Logan, the Alien movies, Predators, uh, Deadpool, all of these stuff that Disney owns and is currently sitting there will now yeah. also get to go on Disney+. Plus. And we've talked about how one of the coolest things about Disney+, Plus is the fact that they have all this material. Yeah. Um, so, you know, potentially if you're on Star and you go on to Marvel, you can now watch everything because Logan and Deadpool are currently just not there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's really cool. I'm so glad they're doing this. Uh, I think it might take them a while to find their feet because, it, it, you know, it might take them a while to get the adult content right because yeah. they don't make it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought that. It's, it's going to be new for them, so they're going to have to make sure that they, they really do it right, because otherwise it could just be a, a, an absolute disaster. Um, yeah. Like alien, but PG-12, or like alien, <laughs> like U-rated alien. Yeah, but but overall, I'm, I think this is a great decision, and I am personally really, really excited for this. Yeah, same. Yeah, I am. Bradley, um, you don't watch the piece. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I've, I've not got Disney Plus, but it does sound really awesome that they're like kind of branching out and doing more. But than that's just... your excuse for not watching The Mandalorian. You don't have Disney Plus. Is that re- is that why? I'm going to say yeah. Do you, do you want me How to send that? you my Disney Plus details, Bradley? <laughs> what about if I give you my Disney Plus login? <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, don't well, ban my maybe. <laughs> Would you watch maybe after? Yeah, uh, I, it wasn't just that, but that would help out. <laughs> We'll discuss this stuff. I was going to say, yeah. This, this I was giving my password and details out on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? You got a pen? You... It, I've, got, it, I've got a thousand emails come it, through. It makes you do the Amazon thing, though. You have to clarify it on, your, yeah. um, on, on the website. You can't just yeah. do the password and log in. Yeah, oh, got, really? You have to verify the television you're using. I got a message because um, Cork's dad uses uh, my Disney account um, to watch The Mandalorian and uh, he messaged me the other day saying, hi mate, I'm at work but I'm gonna, I need to watch the last episode of Mandalorian so I'm going to log in on my phone just in case you get a notification. I was like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> More people trying to log in. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm excited about that. Okay, well, uh, that was it for our news this week. Um, I don't believe it was uh, too long. Uh, there wasn't a lot that happened to be fair. Like I say, we had such a heavy news week last week that it was quite refreshing to actually just have bits and bobs. Yeah, I kind of, it, last week's news drained me. I don't know why. <laughs> well, emotionally, physically? Yeah, both. Physically, emotionally, both. Um, but yeah, so we're done with the news and we're moving on to Christmas stuff. Um, yeah. So Chris, we've actually come up with a really interesting segment for today's special episode. Yeah, so in honour of Christmas, um, I had an idea for a segment where we say, because um, oddly enough, we were going to do our favourite game set at Christmas. And when I looked into it, there are like no yeah. games really set at Christmas. Yeah. Which I was like, really? I swear there's more games set at Christmas. One, but I know one. Which one? The Rise and Fall. 
Oh yeah. That's like completely centered around Christmas. I the only the only one that I could think of that I looked up and it is um, themed around Christmas is one of the Batman games. It might be Origins actually. One of the Batman games is set at Christmas time. Yes, it is. Origins is. Other than that, hmm. there isn't much. So, uh, Chris, what did you come up with instead? Uh, yeah. So, so, so the idea was basically um, pick a game or a franchise. And then uh, the next entry will be set at Christmas. And then you have to tell us why you've chosen the game and what the sort of idea is. So basically, you know, as an example, say I choose Halo and I say the next Halo has to be set at Christmas. And then I'll explain why I'd like that to to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who wants to go first? I don't all jump at it at once. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm quite happy to, to go first and because and, oh, yeah. I obviously came up with one that I thought was really funny. So I was thinking for ages and I was going back and forth and I thought about Halo and I was like, no, that's a bit bland. That's quite boring. Um, and then I got really into it and I had like a, a an epiphany and I thought, oh my God, what if they set a Doom game at Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? And... Nice. And instead of going to hell, you go to an alternate reality that's like Santa's Grotto, that's yeah. like Santa World, and you just well, rip and tear your way through these like <laughs> just dirty elves. little elves, yeah. weird little mutant elves. And you have the just, same idea as me, but not Doom. And you rip and tear your way through all the elves, and then the last boss is Santa, and you've got to take yeah. him down. Well, like, you've and you got, just like, beat him types, to death. You've got like, different types of elves, like big fat ones that like explode and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so it's uh, Doom Guys Rampage through um, Santa's Grotto. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, for whatever reason, this popped into my brain, and I was like, I don't really want this, because I like what Doom does. But I also thought, how hilariously entertaining would it be for uh, literally just take Doom Eternal and then turn everyone into elves and make it Christmassy and make it like, <laughs> like you don't even have to make them like abominations. Just have them be normal elves and just have the Doom guy <laughs> be really angry. Yeah, like angry. Like, you know, in the he never got a Christmas present. He didn't get <laughs> that shotgun he asked for. You know, with the, you know, the gremlins turn and they look like what they look like afterwards. Like the elves yeah. are like frothing at the mouth. Um, and I also just thought of John Favreau's elf, and then I just thought of Doom guy like ripping his way through that like place. <laughs> you know, and I was like, like "There's a sadistic joy that I feel like I'd get from that," and I don't know yeah, why. Like, you know the death metal music instead. It's like death metal Christmas songs. <laughs> death <laughs> like metal jingles. Thing. Yeah, and the snow just imagine the snow coated in blood. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that is a brilliant answer. I like that one. Um, Bradley, you said yours was similar, so I'd be interested to hear yours, uh, just on the basis that it's similar. Yeah, no, mine was like a really similar idea, but I didn't go to the Doom franchise. I went to something like, you know, similar in terms of like demons and gross stuff, and I went to Dark Souls, obviously. Oh, God, so cool you did. <laughs> no, but I was also like, this, this, this would just be hilarious because I don't want it to be like that, where it's like actual, you know, him just ruining Elves' day, ruining Christmas. I, I, I want, I want it to be like the normal Dark Souls with all the undead just kind of standing there, like hollowed out, but they're wearing like Christmas hats, <laughs> and they're trying to give you like Christmas presents, and you're just like, no. So slicing them down more like a modified demon so uh, dark Souls. so like dark Souls yeah. Grinch edition yeah and then you get to like you know the boss and it's like this awful awful santa 
<laughs> and that the music kicks in, you know, the gospel music, and you have to kill. So, <laughs> you have to kill Santa. I'm picturing this massive in the normal Dark Souls. I'm picturing like a massive like troll sort of boss, yeah, and he swings like a massive club. But in the Christmas edition, it's Santa swinging the sack of presents. Around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like chest opens up, and there's like teeth, and it's just like yeah. disgusting. And he's like, he's like, yeah, no, I need. He's to like, ho, 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 Christmas is not die. a nice thing here. Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, <laughs> that fire breathing reindeer. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, there already pretty much is oh, that. Okay. Yeah, we're not doing. <laughs> it's lightning instead of fire. Yeah. <laughs> they zap you with lightning. But yeah, but yeah, that's. So you guys went so quite similar. Um, I went so you did a lot of thinking, Chris Bradley. You sound like you did quite a lot of thinking. Mine was really weird. So I, I didn't want to do what I did before, where I decided to, um, you know, overthink and think about, it and then think, what if my answer? I think of something else. Instead, when Chris proposed a question to me. I literally just went with my gut reaction and I was that's what I did I was like literally the, the one that went to like my head first I went right that's gotta be it because I obviously thought of it for some reason um so mine's a really odd one I decided instead that I would quite like to see the next Far Cry set at Christmas time oh my god <laughs> and the reason I say that is that what I was picturing so obviously Far Cry most of them are set on like an island right um and it's obviously like some bits are snowy some bits are you know um deserty and some bits are like just you know normal um grassy islands and things like that and there's obviously a lot of element of the sea and things like that and, and I was thinking about it and I was thinking why would I want to see this at Christmas time though because it jumped to my mind straight away and I, I instead I pictured like more like Far Cry 5 where it's like you know this this state of the place um, with a lot more buildings and stuff like that um, I was kind of thinking like more city based so it's like Far Cry's mechanics you know with the like takedowns and stuff like that and the you know the the uh, gameplay yeah but mm-hmm. It's centered around like a really, really Christmassy state, like like as in like one that goes <laughs> overboard with their Christmas. So like Christmas like is like New York or something. Yeah, like their pride and joy. It's like, like Home Alone too, but Far Cry. Yeah, Home Alone, <laughs> but in yeah, like the Far Cry game. And I just thought how funny it would be. Like you could get like they could do like really unique things. Like you could make ball ball like Christmas ball balls that are like shrapnel grenades and things like that. And like you could have like. Um, you could swing off of like instead of like zip lines or like ropes and whatever you could swing off of like christmas decorations and like jump into like land on top of someone and like just use so like you know where you do the takedown and the throwing knife and stuff like yeah. that like, it could be all christmasy stuff instead and like i was just thinking like the massacre of christmas decorations like i'm talking an eyesore of christmas decorations like it is like beaming <laughs> and it's all jolly and yet you've got like this destruction and chaos like do you remember the flamethrower mission in far cry 3 oh yeah yes like that through fields of like christmas trees and decorations but with like a flamethrower that's got like you know with like, an ice gun yeah the, 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 the no the gun shoots christmas decorations so you have to decorate all the trees decorate all the trees and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead of doing it really you do it like, there's just like yeah, a christmas, christmas drug lord who's really upset Exactly. You won't decorate this town. And I think it's funny because all if you think about all three of our choices, what we all did with our choices was actually strangely similar in the sense that we all kind of knew that if it's gonna be centered around Christmas, the game will automatically can't be as serious. It has to kind of be just a like a joke. Yeah. Um and the other the reason I went with Far Cry, which Chris you might agree with me, is that I feel like do you remember when they made Far Cry Blood Dragon? Yeah, amazing. 
I feel like they did okay. such a great job of a different vibes Far Cry game, even though it was the exact same gameplay mechanics. Yeah, so I thought, this retro, oh, cheesy, 80s yeah. sci-fi thing. Yeah, but I thought if they can do that, they can definitely do a Christmas Far Cry like uh, and, and make it equally as entertaining. And I just thought they already had the comical side to it with that cheesy retro one. So definitely it would be a shout. And I kind of now want to play a Far Cry. <laughs> So yeah, that was my uh, that was my choice of Christmas game in cool. franchise. So that was just a, a fun little um, little segment we came up with. Uh, the last sort of thing we wanted to talk about this episode was uh, we thought we'd share with you our gaming slash movie tra- traditions over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, would anyone like to go first with what is a staple for you at Christmas time? I'll go. Yeah, go on, buddy. Um. So no no games actually no games I always play around Christmas um, just what's you know whatever I'm playing at the time will just be carried forward but I have always watched the Lord of the Rings around Christmas so weird. I don't know why I've started the tradition myself I think it was because as a kid like I was obsessed with the Lord of the Rings anyway um, and I think on Christmas Eve I was so excitable for Christmas Day that I I wanted to pass the time but with something actually you know, interesting and not just actually wasting a day. Mm-hmm. So I thought the, the only thing that could pass that time, but I would still be invested in and still want to do would be the Lord of the Rings. The only thing that surpasses Christmas <laughs> as a kid. And so I, I literally would spend the whole of like Christmas Eve watching the Lord of the Rings, like one, two and three. And now I always just do it around Christmas. So we're watching them at the minute, to be honest, but we're on, I, I've stopped doing it all in one day, you know, do you other, add the Hobbits on do. or do you just stay with yes, Lord of the Rings? So yeah, since, so originally, obviously I started this way before the Hobbits even released. Um, and then when they did, um, I didn't start adding them until all three had been released. Okay. Uh, do you do it the right way like, as well? Are we, are we talking all six extended cuts? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, good boy, like, Bradley. To I was be gonna... fair, no. To be fair, I, I've I've been doing they they like I've been doing the extended cuts of the Hobbits for the past like however many years. They're I've way better. Been, I've been too scared to be to do the Lord of the Rings because what? it's my whole entire life. Because I was raised on the theatrical. Oh, I love the extended. I've been too scared, but this year I have started the extended editions. This is the first time ever that I'm actually like, do, and I I, like I, I watch these films. Yeah, so I mean, we've only watched the Fellowship, and oh, there's, there's some. So many I'm good like, scenes. that's kind of like you know a useless scene. I was like, yeah, the there's a lot of that. Sense, or but... like an extension where I'm like, eh, the scene kind of was paced better without that. But for the most part, yeah, I love just seeing more content, and like, I'm I'm surprised it took me this long to come to terms with, with like my OCD and being like, no, you should watch the films in F, like entirety for what you like you know to see everything you love about them but um yeah so it's literally just like it's something i always do around christmas i mean there's so many oh yeah i I just love the extended cuts it is just like you say there are some that ruin the pacing a little bit but Mm -hmm. it's just if you love the original movies it's just more of the same and there's so many great bits like there's a bit where aragon is talking about how he's actually like 80 years old and it's yes. just such yeah, a fun never, nod. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is there's loads of little things that you, you kind of miss if you don't watch them. And obviously, like, I've read the book, so I like I pretty much knew everything I needed to know anyway. But there's, there's like some things that um, are never explained. And I'm like, well, I knew that, but like people watching wouldn't have known that. It's like um, a lot of people have always been like, why is Gollum so dramatic when he has the rope around his neck? It doesn't even look tight. 
Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's because it's elven rope. And, and so it, it burns. burns his skin. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. They're like, where do you get the elven rope from? <laughs> like, Galadriel. <laughs> and I like have to, exactly, I had to like go back and explain it. And I hadn't seen the extended, oh, but yeah. obviously I knew. And even that bit in the extended, doesn't, Gimli gets really emotional about Galadriel giving, giving yeah. him a gift. And G- I really yeah, love that. Yeah, he, he doesn't ask for anything, but um, she, he asks for like a strand of her hair and then she gives him three and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's really cute. It's such a I good mean, scene. You, you miss, and there's like a really nice scene in um, in the Fellowship where Frodo and Bilbo have a little like a little talk. At, like they kind of set aside from the party, and he has a little talk with them. And it's really cute. And I was like, there's so many nice little scenes that are missed yeah, out. Yeah, I think even um, Boromir gets more stuff as well. Yes, he does. And oh, especially kind of in Twin Towers, descent. you haven't well, got Boromir. that yet, have you? Yeah. Boromir, what does Boromir come back in the Twin Towers? In flashbacks. Really? For Faramir, yeah. And Denifor. Oh, I didn't. That's what it's I'm hype. excited. Yeah, that's tonight. Yeah, it's hype. Oh, oh but yes. So, <laughs> that, that is my, my Christmas, my one Christmas tradition for, for oh, whatever wow. reason, even though they're not Christmassy at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even mad at you, Bradley. I'm happy. <laughs> so, Who's next? I'll, I'll go next, but not. See, mine, I've been struggling with this bit because for me, it's like, I, I do have Christmas traditions. You suggested it. I know. I'm <laughs> interested to see what about you guys, to be honest, not so much myself. So for me, it's difficult. I have Christmas traditions, but but not really anything to do with like gaming or, or movies, to be honest. I mean, I watch typical Christmas films at Christmas every year. But So I was trying to think of something more gaming-specific that I do find I do most years. And it sounds so, so like typical me. It's such a me answer. But I thought... Apex. Not, not, no, no, no. Not for my whole life. It's actually worse than that. It's a not new tradition. No, no, no. Not for my whole life. But but for the last sort of... I, I'm sort of talking the last sort of good few years. I, I would say I've done it every year. Um, and that is that around Christmas time, I always find myself back on Fortnite. And I know that sounds so <laughs> awful, but it's become a bit of a tradition because like for me as anyway, because despite the fact that there's times where I fall out with this game, um, I always feel like they do a great job of really bringing Christmas vibes and Christmas spirit. And like they, they do so much to throw Christmas at you. And it's because it's a cartoony game as well it really immerses you in like the feeling of Christmas and like the, Oh my God, Christmas is coming. And like, I've re- I feel like for the last, well, as long as I can remember that I played Fortnite every year at Christmas, the map slowly covers in snow. And then by Christmas day, the whole map's a whitewash of snow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I, and I, and yeah, like it's not just that, but obviously they add all the things in the store. They add Christmas weapons, Christmas items, Christmas presents. Um, they put Christmas trees all over the map. They put like little, like, you know, like little, like gimmicky things and i just feel like overall it's now become a bit of a thing like not since i was young because the game didn't exist but it's now for me become a thing that i always find myself wanting to play fortnite around christmas time because i'm like yeah. oh i know it's going to be extra christmasy i know it's going to be a, like a christmasy vibe and it's going to make me think oh my god we're close to christmas now and um, i played it um yesterday and like one quarter of the map is snow and i'm like watching it just to see if it's slowly moving further across because you kind of start to see it gradually usually and then by i think it is by christmas day usually it's like complete snow Mm -hmm. um i don't even know if they're going to do it again this year but they've done it most years i can remember so i'd be amazed if they didn't and like the battle bus gets covered in christmas decorations and stuff like that and it's just you know it's just i think it just makes me feel christmasy and it also makes me feel like a kid again because Mm -hmm. i'm like 
cartoony game. So, um, yeah, that that's one that I definitely would say in the last good few years I've, I've stuck with. But other than that, my, my Christmas traditions are all the stereotypical Christmas stuff, you know, and they're not really TV or game related. They're just the usual, the usual things, really. Hmm. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, well, oddly, I've got two, really. Hmm. Uh, and one is gaming, one is movies. Um, and I'll start with the gaming one. And it's just something that I don't do anymore, but it pops into my head every Christmas and makes me kind of sad, like slash nostalgic. Um, and basically... It, it, we used to every single year, obviously Christmas when we were kids, we would get presents, right? Um, and it was an exciting time for video games because we'd get a load of wrapped up video games that we'd get to, to play, you know, Christmas mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. And it became a tradition after uh, with Assassin's Creed 2 that every single Christmas morning, I think from Assassin's Creed 2 up to maybe Unity... We unwrapped an Assassin's Creed. Aww. So every single Christmas morning, me and my brother would unwrap all our presents and then immediately go to our Xbox and take turns playing Assassin's Creed all morning. Yeah. That's so sweet. So that, yeah. was, that was a tradition. And it makes me sad now because now with the rise of digital gaming and not having any patience as an adult... <laughs> We Can't just, yeah, we, we already just, bought Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, we and you know, I I think since Unity, we've bought every game early instead of getting it at Christmas. That still lasted quite a while though. Unity, no. yeah. So no. you know, uh, you've got all the Ezio games. You've got Assassin's Creed Three, Black Flag. All of those were Christmas morning yeah. games for us, and we Aww. we loved it. We'd so every single Christmas, that's always what I think of. Mm-hmm. I always think of Assassin's Creed, and it's just a really funny little uh, Christmas sort of memory mm-hmm. um and the other one the sort of movie tradition for me is i have to before christmas watch die hard <laughs> i have to watch the greatest Isn't christmas, that set around christmas? The, the greatest christmas movie ever made <laughs> That Bruce Willis recently came out with and said hey no this isn't a christmas movie and i think it was um vice one of the publication one of the media publications released a clip um, of like every Christmas line reference or time because it's right. literally an office party on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. um, where the hostage crisis takes place. Um, so he's in there and there's Christmas trees everywhere and there's Christmas lines everywhere. And it's just, have you, have you never seen the first Die Hard Bradley? No, I have. I've watched them all. I just like, I haven't watched it in such a long time though. So I just rewatch it for Christmas and you'll, you'll (laughs) you'll get what I'm getting at. It's literally the best movie set at Christmas ever. And I will die by the fact that it is the best Christmas movie ever made. (laughs) It's so good. Um, So that's a, that's a sort of tradition. That's not one I've ever managed to convince my girlfriend to um, go on board with. Um, she stands by the stance that it's not a Christmas movie, and I'm uh, like, it's set at Christmas. Um, you're wrong. <laughs> he kills a guy and then puts him in a Santa costume, like, uh, Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, so those are those are my traditions. Oh, I, I mean, it was uh, yeah. I mean, like I say, I mean, Christmas is all about traditions and all about you know those things. And actually, Chris, you've made me realized that i kind of feel the same as you about the assassin's creed thing because i remember that was the same for me every year um it was always it was always that and call of duty for me um usually if i didn't get call of duty was more of a release buy for me but 
it wasn't always. <clears throat> so sometimes, yeah, those two games, I'd always expect and hope that they would be in there as my uh, two of my presents. And it's, it is a kind of a bit sad when you think about it, really. Um, and you think about the fact that nowadays you don't really get that. And you just go off and uh, buy it straight away because you can't wait. Or, or Yeah, but we're a bit big now to, to be sitting there waiting for our, our parents to give <laughs> us yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed. When give them a hug. Creed. Thank you, Mum. And then yeah. run off. Run up upstairs and go and disappear for the day. <laughs> Run yeah. off with my box of Assassin's Creed, realise I don't have a disc tray on my PC. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Mum. <laughs> You'll have to uh, send it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so that was, I believe, a shorter episode. I mean, I say that all the time and they're usually like two hours. I think it's still been like an hour and a half. That would be my guess. My guess on record. Oh, an hour and a half. Well, the listeners can abuse you if you get it way wrong. Quick, it's going up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was a slightly different episode. It was our Christmas episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. You had a lot of fun. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, you really enjoy. Hopefully you get some time off and you can enjoy your break. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you guys have any games you'd like to see set at Christmas or any Christmas traditions you want to tell us about, you can tweet at us, you can uh, email the pod, um, whatever you want to do, you know, you can let us know if, if that takes your fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if not, then uh, just have a good Christmas. Obviously enjoy it best you can with all the uh, restrictions and everything in place, but um, try and enjoy yourselves and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Any uh, closing thoughts for you guys? Anything exciting? No, I'm no. Just, I feel like we covered them. Yeah, just um, rip and tear until Santa is dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'll leave you with. See you later, guys. See you later. Bye.